down to business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi, and uh, I got my blackjack gum here, and I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. Come out to the coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? Motherfucker is right. God damn it, John McClain, you got a point. It is THT Movie Review. It is Saturday night. We decided to uh, move it this week. Doesn't matter why. We just fucking did. Deal with it. Damn it. Anyway. It's our shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, got uh, Anthony. What's going on, man? What's going on, bro? Not much at all, man. Not much at all. Just people coming in, going out. What the fuck is going on? What the fuck? Anyway, all right. We <laughs> God, my life is crazy sometimes. <sighs> anyway, how's it going, Anthony? It's doing all right. Saturday night. Saturday night. That's right. We're a little late, but uh, that's because Skype is... Uh, Skype, bitch. <laughs> Skype, Skype. We'll just leave it at that. We don't need to. Uh, we don't need to get too much more into that. Skype is Skype. But uh, we are here to talk about uh, a movie I had not seen, and I'm gonna say slip through the cracks for me. Yeah, I figured with the theme, you would enjoy this movie. I. I, I definitely did. By the way, we're talking about the movie Gang Related, uh, starring Jim Belushi, Tupac Shakur. Uh, here, let me go through this real quick. Dennis Quaid, Layla Rashan, mm -hmm. 
James Earl Jones. Yes. As soon as he walked in, I'm like, fucking business is about to pick up, baby. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah, I mean I'm sorry. It's like uh James Earl Jones, man, would you would you say like uh would you put him up there? Top two or three uh most recognizable voices of all time? Recognizable voices, definitely, man. I mean like I mean as soon as you hear him, you don't even have to see him to know who it is. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean he's got a I mean his voice is any, I mean, when you watch Lion King, and he's got the voice, when you hear it, you just see his whole face. The whole yeah. time he's talking, you see his whole face. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I... Yeah. I mean, it can't happen, obviously, but he's the type of person that if I if I had it my way, he would just read my obituary. Just That would be my funeral. He just would read it. Just have James Earl Jones read my shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, that'd be like the best send-off. That'd be the best way to say goodbye to me. He'd class it up. There you go. There you Just go. Just didn't read the whole thing cover to cover. Be, that would be pretty fucking cool. Um, let's see. Who else did we not mention that should get a little bit of a... Uh, Gary Cole. He, he's in this movie. Uh, Terrence T.C. Carson. Uh, James Handy. James Handy was a... Uh, James Handy. Captain... Um, what was his name? Captain Haverhill. Or actually, Borough Commander Haverhill for... Seven episodes of NYPD Blue. And there uh, we go, folks. This movie has uh, Robert Lasardo. Robert Lasardo is under fucking rated number one, and he is in every cop show you've ever watched. I mean, I've seen him in Criminal Minds. I've seen him in CSI Miami. The regular CSI. He was, of course, in NYPD Blue. He played three different characters over one, two, three, four, five, six different uh, different episodes. Um, This guy has been in so many things. And, I mean, we're dating back with this guy from 1987. You know, probably some of you might, uh, Hard to Kill, he was in that. Uh, out for justice. He's been in Law and Order. He's a Spanish guy. Uh, he, he looks Spanish. I mean, his name isn't very uh, is Spanish. He um, he was in Strangeland. He's got tattoos all over him from the neck down to his hands, probably his feet. I don't know. But um, you very have tall seen, guy too. Uh, in what? See, very tall guy too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in uh, In Plain Sight, Drop Zone. And, and I'm just mentioning big movies here that, that, that I've seen. Uh, you know, the list keeps going. And he's got one, oh my God. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. He has 17 movies this year in post production. Good for him. He, I mean, yeah, wow. Never, now that you break it down like that, it's just like, I, I yeah. got to start uh, doing some research on this guy because this movie was released in 97. Mm-hmm. You said he dates back to 87. And now we're talking about 30 years later. He's still going strong. That's pretty impressive. Yep. Had a reoccurring part in CSI Miami. Uh, been in over, always more than one, you know, one, two, three, four, five, seven episodes. The other criminal mind, suspect behavior he was in. He was in a 10 episodes of Nip Tuck. Uh, Death Race, he was grim in Death Race. 
So, the, uh, just, I mean, this guy's been in, he's the kind of guy you see and you're like, oh, shit, that dude's been in a ton of movies. Um, he was in Judging Amy, the TV series, in one episode. Cold Case. Have I said, every cop show that's ever been on television, he's in it. So, you know. And now, let me ask you, uh, mm-hmm. obviously in this one, he was, uh, he played a criminal. His no. role on these other shows. no. Actually, he was one of the cops in this show. He was the cop when they walk in to go see Manny. He's got the tattoos on his hands. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I got him mixed up. Yeah, He's you're the right. young Spanish, the skinny Spanish-looking detective in this movie. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. He's like B-Meg say. He's got a regular job in acting and everything. I, 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 I know he was in suspect behavior, B-Meg, criminal, criminal mind suspect. But I believe he did a regular Criminal Minds, too. I already closed out his uh, IMDb. But uh, just to hit the old uh, trifecta, there was another guy in this movie whose name is uh, Ed- Edward Edwards. And uh, he was also in one episode of NYPD Blue. Not even barely in it. He did a quick... He was in it for maybe five minutes. It was scary. I picked him out so fast. But uh, he's Norman, uh, you know, he, he's in this. But yeah, but there you go. Three people in this movie knock out the uh, the NYPD blue uh, reference. So there you go. Always ties in, man. Always ties in. Yeah. And, yeah, I, and honestly, when we picked this movie for this week, I was thinking like, hmm, I'm not, I don't, not sure how you're going to do it. But I'm like, yeah, he's going to pull out a fucking... Uh, NYPD Blue reference, and you pulled out three. So, well, bravo. NY, so. I mean, NYPD Blue was hot at this time. This was like four years into NYPD Blue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> B-Mix says Edward Edwards can't be a real name or his parents were assholes. Um, <laughs> they named him twice, so he wouldn't forget his name. Eh, I got to take out the papers. The papers. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, very good point, B-Megs. And you know what? I'm going to leave that one alone because uh, I, I would guess it's not a real name. Yeah. But you never know. George Foreman named all his kids George and his daughter Georgina. So there's yeah. some crazy mofos out there, brah. Yeah, they. it's like kids either get weird-ass names or they get like old, old-timey-sounding names. Yeah, like... So like, they can't really win. Yeah, I mean, please, Birdie Joe. Oh, Daniel Bryan better be teaching that little girl some jujitsu or some shit, dude. Oh yeah, or either that. Well, he knows how to fight, but he also needs to pay and get them gun lessons in because could you imagine when she hit high school with the initials BJ? Yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah. yeah even fuck high, junior high, <laughs> she's gonna be getting it from all angles. <laughs> all angles, bro. All fucking angles, man. But um, this. Uh, you know, I, I guess we can. Go, I, do you want to get to the plot of the movie, or you want to? You know what? Let's talk a little more about the uh, the the acting in this movie. Before I look, was this an early movie for Layla uh, Rashon? Uh, no, no, it wasn't. Really? No, she was in. Um, trying to think, she was in Waiting to Exhale. Okay. And that came out like two years before this. All right, I'm gonna take a peek here because. No, she had been around for a little while. 
All right, yeah, yeah, I guess she was around for a little while before. Yeah, a long time before this, 87, 10, oh, over 10 years before this. Yeah. I don't know, it just seemed like, oh, she was in Boomerang. I thought that was her. Oh, yeah, 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 the the famous foot scene, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I and I, I know she's the girl in any given Sunday, but, um, you know, she maybe she wasn't into this movie because of the stripper part, but I don't know. She wasn't that hot in this movie. Not, no, I mean, not hot, but not that great of an actress. She was very hot. I mean, she was half naked the whole the whole time. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, she was a stripper. I mean, she, she was. I mean, she wasn't asked to really do much in this in this movie. Yeah. She was. It's almost like she was like a side piece. She really didn't. I mean, she kind of she played into the plot, but not really. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. It was just almost like fuck. She was in Harlem Nights. Yeah. Yeah. She, she was sunshine. Was. She was sunshine. Absolutely. Absolutely she was. You can check out that episode on uh in the archives there on uh, iTunes. Um yeah, I mean B- Belushi, I'm a big Belushi fan, dude. I mean, I I I like Red Heat. I like the K9 movies. Now, I'm gonna put you on a spot. Uh-oh. Now, this is a uh, probably not a fair comparison because brother died young. Mm. But uh Better Belushi for you. Uh, I mean, it's probably really not fair because we really didn't get to see the full scope of uh, John's career. But you know, I gotta tell you, it, it it's tough to pick because you know his brother John was the outgoing comic, and Belushi sort of turned into the cop buddy, not not comedian funny, but play off of another guy funny you know mm-hmm. what i mean him and schwarzenegger were good together uh you know he, uh, he he always did it with somebody or another or you know and that's you know i mean he had a fucking dog named jerry lee in the canine movies um i don't think i could even compare that because they neither they're completely different character actors uh, so I mean, I caught a few. Did you uh, like his uh, TV show, Court and Jim? I don't know if you ever watched it. I I never watched it. My girl was watching it. I never. I mean, me being a Belushi fan, it's I don't know. I just couldn't do it. I I just don't have time for another TV show. I mean, I mean, it was, I mean, he plays like an everyman type. I mean, just he plays like a stripped down version of what John would do. Yeah. Except he's just kind of like a family man mm-hmm. type of thing, rough around the edges. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just think, uh, <laughs> think of John Goodman on Roseanne. He plays that type of character. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree. But yeah, I mean, the, 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 they're really two. I mean, that's like saying, you know, who's more batshit crazy, Dennis Quaid or his brother? <laughs> they both had fucking public meltdowns. You know, they're both batshit fucking crazy. Meanwhile, I mean, I I like both of them. Randy Quaid is great in all, everything I've seen him in from, you know, the vacation movies on. And Dennis Quaid, I mean, you know, we brought up Any Given Sunday. You know, he was in that movie also with uh, Layla. So I, there you go. We just tied those two together. Look at that. Dang. I forgot about that, actually, till just this second. They were both in Any Given Sunday together. He was... Uh, he he was in that movie too. Amazing what we learn on this show. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 Tupac was 
little weird seeing him as a cop. Yeah. A little weird seeing Tupac as a cop, but I'm going to tell you something. I would have liked to have seen him as a cop a lot more. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is his last, um, we should mention, like, we should have mentioned this at the top, but this is, uh, was released about a year after he died, like a little over a year. He died in September 96, this came out in October 97. Mm-hmm. So, um, that movie's actually dedicated to him, so this was his last credited role. Uh, this and Bullet also came out in 1996. Yeah, and all, and also another movie that we're going to get to one of these days uh, that got a lot of critical praise was uh, Gridlocked. Him and Tim Roth. I haven't seen that one either. That's, I mean, and I mean, you could just, he was very, he was very much evolving as an actor. I mean, and it's a shame that we didn't get to see the full scope, man. But if you just look at his character progression from Jews to Poetic Justice to Above the Rim to this one, you really see like a, a slow progression. Like he was actually taking the art form of acting seriously. Same way with rap, you know. He looked yeah. at it as a different art form. You know, BMX brings up something, I, I, and I, you're right, but I, but I do want to bring this up before I forget it, because you know I'm, you know, got a few beers here. Uh oh, I, I just saw the comment. He's you're seeing it, and you know, there's obviously always this argument to be made when something like this happens. We've brought this up how many times in wrestling, and it, you know, it's it's you know, this show does spawn off of a wrestling show, so. Calm down. We brought up wrestling. Take it easy. Um, <laughs> but let's see here. Uh, he says he's not the biggest James Belushi fan. Actually, he says, I don't like Jim, James Belushi. I felt he literally capitalized off his brother's fame and death. They both had fame at that point. They, I hate to say, but. Do you not think Hollywood may have grabbed him up for the for that reason? Yeah, I mean, and, I mean, I, mean, I, mean, I, I understand what B. Meg's is saying, but if too. you attain any type of celebrity in this world, and for whatever reason, due to bad life choices or just circumstance, you pass away, mm-hmm. if there's some something, if there's something that Hollywood can link onto to kind of like continue to make money off of your name. Just think about it. You don't think if Tupac had a kid or a brother, he would be all over shit? Oh my God. <laughs> People would be, you know, calling for interviews. He'd be in movies. He'd be, he'd be putting out albums. I mean, come on now. It's just, if you have any level of celebrity, once you're gone, but as long as there's somebody around to attach your name mm-hmm. to, they'll do it. That's Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. So, yeah. so I mean, look, I don't know. I think it's unfair to sit up here and so. I think it's unfair to kind of put that kind of criticism on James because, you know, he did lose a brother. So I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure if you were to ask him one-on-one, he'd rather have his brother over the fame. <laughs> I would hope. I mean, I, I would hope so. I'm going to give him that much respect. But, yeah. I mean, I, I just think it's a combination of right place, circumstance. You can't really say that he took advantage of the situation. No. No, and and you know, the, like I said, they both had a little bit of fame at that point, um, you know. And again, you know, his brother was uh, John was heading in the total crazy comedy way, where you know Jim James, whatever you want to call him, if you want to be, we can call him James since B Megs <laughs> did. James was James. going James. James was sort of like I said, going in that. Buddy cop play off of somebody. 
you know, if you really look at Jim, you know, his James Belushi's movies. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm calling him Jim all the time. I don't give a shit. He's Jim. Like once he kind of eased, I, I don't know. It's like he went in reverse. Mm-hmm. He went in reverse. Sam Jackson started off with Sam Jackson. Once he blew up, <laughs> it was Samuel. <laughs> hey. He Larry, went from James to Jim. It's like, yeah. Hey, Larry, <laughs> Larry Fishburne turned into Lawrence Fishburne. I mean, you know, it was it's 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 just the way it kind of goes. But I mean, you know, most of the movies he did, my God, he's. I mean, his movies go back to. I mean, you got his movies go back to 1978. Yeah, I mean, he yeah, he was around. Oh my God, I keep I always forget he was in Trading Places. He was the gorilla, Harvey. Oh, another movie we got to get to. Yeah, and I mean, he had a, you know, Jim had a stint on uh, on Saturday Night Live also. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. He went with the, if you look at the movies he was in from mid eight, and you know what, Ali, after his brother passed, which was, what year was that his brother passed? 80, I want to say 82, 83, right there. All right, he really... All right, between 82 and 83, he did two movies. Actually, yeah. he did Laverne and Shirley, TV show, Trading Places, and then 1984, you know, and he did take over for his brother a little bit on Saturday Night Live. I'm not going to lie. But he only did 33 episodes. Yeah, and, and once again, that was just more of a... I, I think in that situation, because let's be honest, after that original, after the the original five years ended of Saturday Night Live and they started that kind of like new era, mm -hmm. that was a rough patch era. And I think, you know, they saw, like, you know, Jim, John, they I guess they looked at him as kind of like interchangeable. They wanted to see if they could kind of recapture that magic. Right. Like, you know, he, the guy's his brother, maybe some of that, you know, charm and charisma. And look, I don't want to downplay uh, Jim Belushi. Fuck it, I'm not going to say James. Fucking Jim Belushi. <laughs> I, don't, I don't give a fuck what the cover, of the uh, DVD or the tape says that I'm looking at right now. This one Jim says Belushi. Jim. This one says Jim. But I, he's talented, but it's like in a different way. I mean, mm -hmm. like you said, his brother was more outgoing. He's more. He has like a more of a quiet charisma. Like it's there. He definitely has you know chops on him, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. it, it just kind of comes across in a different way. Because, I mean, when he was on Saturday Night Live and he would do the wild and crazy stuff, some of it was funny, but a lot of it, in my opinion, came off as forced. Because it's almost like they said, hey, here, here, go act like your brother. Act like your brother. Yeah. And it didn't come across as natural a lot of the times. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I really, I mean, he was in one of the first movies I remember seeing Belushi in that I really enjoyed. And this might have been his, like, first main, main role is a movie called The Principal. Oh yeah, yeah. That was yeah. That's a, that's an underrated flick. Mm-hmm. Very. I'd really like to do that one one day. That's a very good movie. Probably the first movie I really like saw him. Saw him in. I mean, I remembered him for a few small things, but I mean, he did Red Heat. Like I said, Canine, Homer and Eddie. Um. But all these movies, you see, Only the Lonely. That was a uh, John Candy flick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I forgot. I mean, you know, he was in Who's Harry Crumb for a minute. He was on the bus. He was a uh, he was obviously a friend of John Candy. Last Action Hero, he was himself. But, I mean, Canadian Bacon. I mean, the guy does a lot. I personally 
like Belushi. I, I really do. Um, and and I, 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 you know, B-Mix is kind of exact, you know, expanding on his point. He's a Chicago guy, and he's not a very well-liked guy in the Midwest. And he thinks that's why, because they feel he's living off his brother's fame. And that's, look, that's understandable. And it's also, God, and I've said before, I hate this fucking, you know, saying, but it's the, it, it's a slippery slope. Um, you know, if he had taken off from acting, would that have been the right thing to do? Mm, you yeah. can't say that would have for him to jump right back into it. Was that the right thing to do? Maybe not. But, it, eh, you know, it, it it's one of those things where we can't judge. And I have a real feeling that yeah. Hollywood pulled him in. Yeah, because like you said, you said like around the time his brother died, that 82, 83 era, he did like two movies. So clearly he was grieving it. Yeah, acting and, you know, his job was like the last thing on his mind during that period of time. So he took off basically four or five years before he kind of like got back into the swing of things. Right. And like right. you said, you know, Hollywood, it was a combination of Hollywood probably pulling him back in. And also, if that's how you make your living, we can't begrudge the man for making a living. I mean, you know, obviously losing a family member, his brother had to be hard. But the man still got to eat. He's still here. He got to make a living. Yeah. Unless you're going to pay his bills, I think it's unfair to say, yeah, you don't have a right to do what you were doing pre your brother's death. Yeah, and actually we lost him in 1982, John Belushi. So let me go back here to 1980s. Uh, 81. Actually, he had he did the Laverne and Shirley in 82. He didn't do anything until Trading Places came out. He was probably recording or uh, filming Trading Places that year. Uh, but again, that was like a, what, 15-minute part? Yeah. And most, was funny as hell, also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. most of it was <laughs> under a, a under a mask, so he really didn't have to do much, so... Yeah. You know, once again, though, we talked about James Earl Jones. Like, he has a distinguishable voice. Right, right. So, yeah, you're right. So, 1982, he did Laverne and Shirley. He basically, I mean, you could say he took off 83. And, you know, he did a little bit of Saturday Night Live and then did some, a couple things in 1984. I'll be honest, a, a TV series, one episode, and a TV movie that I've never heard of. And then 85 looks like he started really taking off again. And then uh, then he got the principal. After the principal, he really got some more main roles. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, what was that movie with the dog? Was it K-9? K-9. And then there that was, was another, you know. Yeah. Then there was K-911, the second one. You know what? I like those movies. How else did I know the fucking dog's name was Jerry League? <laughs> Great yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, yeah, fun. I mean, that's what the show is about. They, 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 they're dumb movies. They don't require a lot of thought to them. I mean, shit. One of my one of my favorite movies. You know, slightly off topic. Fucking minute work. Dude. One of the few times that Charlie Sheen and uh yeah. Emilio, his brother, work together. I love that fucking movie. Dude, I watched Grease one and two today. <laughs> oh, should I not have said that out loud? No, no, no it's fine. Did you sing <laughs> the songs though? Of course. Of course I did. Now I know she was a singer though, but did, did she put out a few albums, Olivia Newton John? 
Yeah, dude. Her biggest song was something called Let's Get Physical. That was... Oh, shit. That was her? Yes. I just... For some, I, that song, for some... Don't even laugh. I was going through my playlist, and that song, like, I, I hit the random button on my uh, phone, mm. and that song popped up. I'm like, why does this voice sound so fucking familiar? That is Olivia Newton. And you know what? Look her up. She's... Still doesn't look fucking bad. We might have to do Grease one day. We're, as a matter of fact, we will do Grease. We will do Grease. I'm going to try to get my boy Joe on the phone from Florida for that one. Is he a Grease fan? Did he have a romantic rendezvous with uh, Olivia? <laughs> no, me and Joe used to uh, fucking sing and dance to the movie Drunk as Hell in my living room in Florida. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Were there any women present for this atrocity? Oh, many times. Hey, yeah, yeah. So it worked. One could be on video. <laughs> I should look. I have a whole drinking party video in my. I, I I got a new DVD recorder. I showed you all that last week or a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. See, box. That's gonna be like the. That should be like the hundredth episode. Once we <laughs> once we reach that landmark, we're gonna do like a Facebook Live episode, and it's just gonna be nothing but your videos. No, uh, it won't be a movie review show. That'll just be a box man uh, special. I need to get him on DVD because I really want to torture everybody and be like, all y'all motherfuckers are on YouTube now. <laughs> they can't do anything. I own the fucking video. I own the video. So, so you own it. I own it. You know what? Next week, I'm not going to have any kids. I will hook this up to my kids' TV, and I will try my hardest to put it. On I got DVDs and everything, so I will try to put it on disc next week. Very cool. Yeah, I've been wanting to for like three years now, so I'll try to put my parties on on the computer, and then uh, maybe I can get a few people on the on the uh, on the Skype for that. Ah, Bmegs watched videos on improving his golf swing today. I actually watched a few uh, uh, ghost. Um, paranormal videos on YouTube today, also. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I haven't done it in a while, but you know, like even growing up, I used to watch a lot of weird shit. Mm-hmm. One of my guilty pleasures, the Food Channel, and like I don't know, if, remember when Martha Stewart used to have a show? Mm. She would. I'll be honest. I used to, I, I, for some reason, <laughs> it's very relaxing watching people cook food for me. I don't know why. Dude, one of my favorite shows was Iron Chef on that channel. Iron, so I wasn't the only one. Do you remember the uh, the few episodes they did a man called the Chairman? I believe so. Okay, that guy was the star of a little movie all recorded in Miami called Only the Strong, all about Capoeira. Wow, a a, a martial, a, 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 yeah, yeah. That guy, and I've always, I looked at him once, and I'm like, I. Know that fucking guy, and you know that was before that was pre go on the internet and Google it. And I watched. I, I I happen to love that fucking movie, so I watched it one day and I'm like, oh shit, that's the guy from Food Network. That's the chairman of Iron Chef. Nice. <laughs> he wasn't on that long though. Wasn't on that long. Um, but uh, oh god, I guess we got to get back to this movie, don't we? Um, yeah, we, are. we we have to mention, by the way, in this uh, in the movie gang related Zeus, um, who 
I think, forgot to take off Debo's outfit for this movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, basically, you know, <laughs> I won't say this for Tiny Lister. He plays a very convincing and believable badass. Well, yeah. That's not so very surprising. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean... <laughs> But I mean, but the thing for some reason, I will get a guy credit. You know, I you know we can make fun of his wrestling career <laughs> all day and all night, but the guy for the most part looks the same. So he, I see him being employed in Hollywood for many years to come. All right, all right, there you go. Uh, That's my one compliment. Oh, I'm sure he will be. I mean, he's had a lot of fucking roles too. I mean, we've mentioned it before, but uh, one other person I believe deserves a little credit uh, is David Paymer is in this movie. He's another guy who you might not really know, but you do know him. Uh, if you ever seen Quiz Show, he's wow, in that that's a, movie. Wow, that's... Whew. I that's love one that. Back. That's, that's great. Over, that's over 20 years old, I believe. Great movie, though. Great movie. David Paymer goes way back. I mean... From 19... I mean, he was in ABC After School Specials in 1979... <laughs> he was in the original in, in the the in-laws movie but you know he, he's been in a lot of stuff another underrated actor uh jesus christ he's another one who's got a shitload of stuff that's in post-production for uh for going but um you know definitely you know if you don't know who he is trust me you you know him he's been in my name is earl he's been in law and order svu um Line of Fire TV series. He was in, you know, all that that whole season. Uh, just a ton of stuff he's been in. But uh, I don't know. He's one of the guys I see, and I'm like, oh, that fucking guy. But yeah, yeah. Quiz Show is probably one of his main. He was Dan Enright in that show. And yeah, if you've never seen that movie, get that motherfucker. Now, yeah, I mean, I guess for what? Then I'm trying to remember because it's been that. Like I said, it's been a long time since I actually. Even saw clips of it, but that was about that was based off a true story, right? About a scandal like back in I guess like the fifties uh, or the first uh, game show, or was, one of the first game shows on TV. It was. It was in the uh, the. It, it was a fifties, yeah, the nineteen fifties quiz show, sort of like Jeopardy. That's kind of what they were doing with it, but um, I believe it was a true investigation. Yeah, yeah, and that was a great movie. I mean, Rob T uh, uh, John Totoro, Ralph Fiennes. David Paymer, Hank Azaria, who, I mean, come on, half uh, most of the voices on The Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, you know, Alan Rich. Just a fucking amazing, amazing fucking movie. But uh, I, I Rob Morrow, I love this movie. This is one of my most underrated movies. I really, I, I, I've, I, I watch it anytime it's on TV. Really like that movie quiz show. But uh, I think that's pretty much everyone that really deserves a, a shout-out on the show. I mean, there's not that many more. bunch of uh, other actors, but, you know, I think we mentioned all the big ones right there. Um, oh, one more. Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, agent, the uh, that uh, DE agent that got shot at the beginning, uh, I think his uh, name was uh, Lionel Hud. Uh-huh. Did you know who that was? No. Uh, Kumo D. Whoa. 
Kumo D is in this movie. I, I couldn't, you know, I'm a hip hop guy. I, yeah. I could, I couldn't, I couldn't let us uh, not mention Kumo D. Nice. I did not know that. Hmm. Very nice. You know, there's really only two or three trivia's in this movie, so I'm going to do it before. Then we'll get right into the uh, the plot of the movie. <clears throat> The spiky, as they say on IMDb, on-screen relationship between Belushi and Tupac was actually helped off-screen because Tupac likes to nail his scenes in one or two takes and was extremely annoyed by Belushi, who wanted to do everything in multiple takes. Ah. Uh, the word fuck and its derivatives are said more than 165 times. Tremendous. Love it. <laughs> there you go. And the last one I have, this police station used in this movie is the exact same police station used in the Steven Seagal movie, The Glimmer Man. Came out the exact same year. Very cool. Yep. Yep. Actually, the year before this. I'm sorry. Came out in 1996. I like that movie. That was him and Damon Wayans. Nah, uh, I think that was Ken Ivory. Ken... Damn it, I fuck that up every time. Keenan Ivory Wayans, you're right. <laughs> you lucky, you lucky, uh, Weaves ain't in the chat right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. He'd post something with the N word in it, made me try to say it. Uh, <laughs> Which, ironically enough, was in, <laughs> was in our Tupac episode. Running joke that will never die. At least God I won't damn it. die. You were right. It was. Um, yeah. Yeah. But um, basically, I mean, it, Anthony just sort of, you know, hinted to the uh, the plot of this movie. Basically, two corrupt cops who you're not sure if they're even cops in the beginning of this movie. Um, accidentally, it's hard to say the word accidentally, kill a DEA agent in the middle of a uh, corrupt bust. Yes. And um, the whole movie is basically them trying to cover it up and every lie comes with a consequence of another lie that they have to tell. Yeah. Um, and, and and the thing of it is, it's almost like they're corrupt cops, but they they they're rogue cops. Put it like that, mm -hmm. because in their minds, or at least in uh, the way uh, Jim Belushi's character tried to justify it, right? We're, we're we're basically cleaning up the trash. They set up drug dealers and they take the money, and, and they pocket it. So on the, on the one hand, in their minds, they're cleaning up the trash off the street, but and they, but they're basically uh, taking their cut, their piece of the pie. Right. Well, they're taking the money and they're getting the drugs back also. Yeah. So, you know, obviously to just keep using the same drugs. Um, but again, we do, uh, you know, every scene almost, no, not every scene, but most of the scenes we get to see, um, what's her name? Uh, Layla Rashad. She is dancing in a thong. So enjoy it. You get to see a lot of her ass in this movie. And uh, they 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 pretty much they they pretty much establish like early on like the dichotomy between the two cops. We say they're both corrupt, but mm -hmm. that's a little bit of a that's a little bit misleading because they had that dichotomy of where uh, Jim Belushi is like all in mm -hmm. when it all you know do whatever has to be done. But they they'll show these scenes where Tupac kind of has like the conscience. He's like the moral compass if a corrupt cop can have a moral compass. Right, right. 
where, where he kind of like kind of questions like you know maybe we shouldn't do this or maybe we're going too far like he was kind of like you could tell it bothered him throughout the movie it's like a running thing when they killed the cop and even though he kind of went along with it you could just see it like just even what i'm actually physically saying it you could just see it in his eyes that it was starting to kind of it got to him that hey look this ain't what I signed up for. You know, mm-hmm. cops don't kill other. He even has that one little speech that we'll get to later. Cops, <laughs> you don't kill cops when you a cop. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, that they they don't know in the beginning of the movie who all they, you know, they're basically doing the deal. I don't have as many clips as, you know, like fucking last week's movie. But um, I really don't have many clips at all. I'll play a few here and there, but. It's not going to be a big clip-heavy night tonight because uh, this this really isn't a meaty, as we say, movie. Um, the plot speaks for itself, but there's a few twists in this movie that I definitely want to fucking get to. The twists in this movie accelerate it and make it not as shitty. Because yeah, I mean, honestly, just sitting through it, like when I first saw it, I don't know about you because I know it was the first time you saw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, but um, for me, like when I first saw it, the movie just flew by. It did. Like it's, it's not meaty, but at the same time, I dug the plot, and it's like I, I was kind. Con- I was just like I got lost in it. Like I was constantly wondering, like where you know where this is going to go because it kept escalating. Yeah. Because they basically hit you. They basically hit you in the in the gut with the uh, cop getting killed in the beginning, and it just kind of goes from there. Yeah, and really, some of the some of the predictions that you would make for this movie completely go opposite which i really was happy about because the way i thought it was gonna go i'm like oh this is gonna suck and then it didn't go that way and i'm like oh well it doesn't have to suck (laughs) they swerved you but it, it, it it made sense it wasn't a swerve for the sake of a swerve exactly it was the right swerve to make for this movie especially i mean you know it Otherwise, this movie would have been over in less in an hour and twenty five minutes. To be honest with you, yeah, you know, and we'll get to the swerves obviously as the movie's going. But um, yeah, I mean, the movie starts out where yeah, obviously Kumo D. I should have realized he had on the Kangol hat. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, Kangol, Uncle, yeah, Kangol hat like <laughs> he had to be a rapper. Your listeners. Don't knock him. Kango hats were a big thing in the 80s and 90s. He had to be a rapper. He had a Kango hat. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Box. Did you have a Kango hat at one point? No, I didn't. I swear to God. Swear to God. Never did. (laughs) Never did. I did have a FUBU jacket at one point. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I had one too. Big so, play. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, hey, Fubu. Yeah, it, it was the yeah, 90s, folks. <laughs> yeah, but I'm. You know, I mean, I'm. You know, it, it happens. It. You know what? I think I actually still have one. I think wow. I still. I, I think I still actually have one. But anyway, you know, the, the, they start off. They're making the fucking. You know, they start off. They're doing the deal, and in the beginning of the movie, you really kind of like. Hmm. They're not. And we should, we should mention, like you know. On that same note, they actually uh, where Leela Roshan. This is kind of where she comes in. Right. They basically use her as kind of like bait to draw the draw the uh, drug dealers in. Well, she's she's a hot chick, yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> she's 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 yeah, definitely a hot chick in this movie. Absolutely, and she's a hot chick otherwise. But yeah, she you know she's easy you know stripper, which makes it even easier. 
Um, Belushi's doing the deal. Next thing you know, car pulls up. They blow away this guy that they're doing the dirty deal with. And uh, come in the next day. And when I say come in, I mean go to the police station. Again, these are both detectives in the homicide unit. And um, find out that it was a DEA agent undercover that they took out. And I guess we can get, you know what? That's one scene we could play right there when they find out he's an agent. And I'll get to it in a minute. Now, we also have to realize the first time we see Joe, Joe Doe, uh, which is yeah, no, we, yeah, we, we <laughs> once we get to once once uh, we introduce James Earl Jones his character to them, we gotta just play his uh, clips of Joe. <laughs> Joe, I'm sorry. Yeah, we I will. swear. In his day, but he had he had to be a pimp to end all. I mean, just imagine, like if you if you James Earl Jones talking to a woman, yo, you don't got to say too much. He had to say two words. Fuck me. <laughs> he, okay. uh, he could say he could say the most obscene shit and still make it sound classy. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Like uh, yeah. yeah, he could. He could like Morgan him and Morgan Freeman could read the phone book to you and you'd sit there enthralled waiting for the next name. Uh, but, yeah. uh, matter of fact, uh, you know, you brought up Morgan Freeman. I guess while you're trying, I'm just <laughs> while you're looking for that clip. Okay. Did you ever, it's on YouTube. Did you ever see the uh, him on the uh, Jimmy Kimmel show? Mm-hmm. Did you when they had him kind of like uh, voicing over like just random clips of people doing dumb shit? Yes, I did. That, <laughs> and he's hilarious. Dumb ass, <laughs> not paying attention as he walks down the street on his phone. Yeah. No Ooh, shit. What grown ass man takes a selfie? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And before um, we get to the clip I want to play, I do want to say we th- th- right in the beginning of the movie, we do get to see tiny Zeus Lister because he's right here and he's actually muscle for a bookie. Yes. Who Tupac Shakur owes money to. And that is something that we do need to stick in there because that's that does come into play later in the movie mm-hmm. um so we do get to see him here they are shaking him down a little bit telling him you know hey you need to pay or you're gonna get a fucking another visit from us and it's not gonna be very friendly now box let me ask you mm-hmm. in terms of that because i mean i did bring up you know i guess playing devil's advocate here you know do you think they should have fleshed out that aspect more Cause they 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 obviously they allude to him having like a gambling problem they, that like that was his vice, mm-hmm. but they never really kind of like get into it. Like you think they should have added a scene to him like at the casino or like how he got indebted to these people? Cause that that's that's kind of like one of those loose ends that I felt that kind of left they kind of left hanging out there. No, I don't think you so. Think, or you think it was enough for him just to allude to it, but not really show details on it? Yeah, I think it was because I mean most of the movie was them trying to jump the lie you know trying to in a lot of ways this movie reminded me of the tv show the shield wow where where every time they told a lie they had to cover it and every time they had to cover that lie they had to cover it again and again 
every lie came with a consequence. Every consequence came with another lie to cover up. And that's how the shield went. The shield was a snowballing effect of lies, which didn't turn out so great for, uh, you know, fucking uh, Michael Chiklis in the end. Uh, didn't turn out horrible, but not so great. Uh, that's that's kind of what this and B Megs. I'm sorry, I did not take notes. Um, that's kind of what they were going for with this. That every lie, every way these guys tried to cover it up, they kept having. Oh my God! I mean, you know, it, we'll get into it in a little bit, but you know, they they plant evidence in one case and it fucks up the other. Well, they try to fix it and it fucks up the other case too. You know, yeah. it's 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 a big snowball effect, the the you know, the ripple effect of lies in this movie, what it's really about. His gambling is was basically a subplot and I don't think it needed much touching on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was just kind of weird. It was like I said, that dichotomy, but because you know what they say, everybody has a vice. Yeah. And it, it was just kind of weird that, you know, you have him like as the he's essentially between the two of them, he's the voice of reason. True. Right? He's the voice of reason. So it was actually kind of like that, that dichotomy. Once again, you saw him evolving as an actor. Like, on the one hand, it's almost like it was reflective of his real life personality. Like, on the one hand, he knows what's right, but sometimes, like, the wrong is, like, kind of like pulling him, like, in that direction, too. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, it, it, it was weird, but yeah, I don't think they needed to go into that anymore. I think they they, they did fine with it. Uh, it wasn't a problem for me, really. But uh, we could play a little bit of the scene where they walk in and find out he's a DEA agent. What the hell, right? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Let me get it off mute here. You get an idea on the victim? Still waiting on friends. Uh, car was registered to a... Uh... Anchor Imports, 81 El Dorado Black. You got all this. What the hell you want with us? The man in the car is Lionel Hud. How does he know that? What the hell is going on here, Captain? Hud was DEA, undercover. He was working a case on syndicate distribution of narcotics on the south side, but every dealer we tagged kept getting killed. And he finally got a lead on a girl. Hud was a friend of mine, and I am going to nail the son of a bitch who killed him. <laughs> Look, we're going to do everything we can to help you. And the cop's a cop, right? All right. There you go. They just found out they killed a DEA agent, and uh, you know what? In a second, I'll play the part where they start freaking out about it. But B-Megs brought up a question before in the chat. Before we get too far, I do want to answer. He was asking us, you know, if we talked about where Tupac's career was going to go in the Tupac episode as far as music, you know, acting, which one, where was it heading? I believe we touched on it a little bit, but we can go ahead and do it real quick since he's in this movie and... That way you don't have to go back. No, we want you to go back. Download. Tell a friend. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but we'll still mention it now because I want to. I think this is where he was heading. I really think the music was going to be something he did still. 
but I think this was going to be really where Tupac was heading. Um, the guy, I mean, uh, he was really not a bad actor and very believable in the parts he played. Yeah, and, and like I said, he was a vault. Like I said, he died when he was 20. I can't stress this enough. He died when he was 24. He probably was filming this when he was like 20, 23, 24 years old. Mm-hmm. He was only going to get better. I mean, I, I, you know, and this might be a weird comparison, but I, I would can kind of like I would compare it to kind of like the the uh, Rock's trajectory. Like okay. he started off playing like the stereotypical action roles that you would expect from a wrestler, mm-hmm. but he took the acting seriously enough to where hey, I might have a future in this. He started taking acting classes, and people forget Tupac. He went to uh, I want to say it was the Baltimore uh, School of Performing Arts, so he already kind of he was already classically trained. So it wasn't like he just kind of jumped into acting. It was it's not, it's not like he jumped into acting. Right, oh, and like a like a fish out of water. Mm-hmm. You know what the fuck he was doing. He was brought up the right way. Absolutely. It was just a matter of like his a lot of his early roles kind of like played to like the rapper and that type of thing. But as, as time went on, he really evolved how he was acting. Like I said, if you look at Juice, and I don't know if you ever saw Poetic Justice. Yeah, yeah. Those are like two completely different roles. Yeah, but I mean, even Juice. Look at, I mean, look at how believe. Yeah, I know that wasn't much of a stretch for him, but with cameras staring you in the face, it's yeah. still not fucking easy to be yourself. Yeah, and plus that was his, that was his first role. Yeah, I, I, I still can't believe it. No, he was a natural. Like the, from that movie on, even if even if that's not your type, quote unquote, type of movie, mm-hmm. you cannot tell me that you didn't like. If you didn't like anything else about that movie. You remember Tupac's role, and he just he just had a way of just standing out. Yep, absolutely, he did. And you know, I I really, man, I wish we got more of him, and I wish he had you know continued because I really feel that he was gonna do a lot more movies. I think we would have got a lot more of him. And like I said, I mean, you watch this movie. <clears throat> the reason I don't have many clips to play is because you got to be looking at Tupac's face in a lot of these scenes. Yeah, like yeah, like really? I mean, yeah. I'm I, I'm not in love with the man, but I'm a huge fan of. But he has like very expressive eyes, like where he doesn't have to talk. You just look at his facial expression. I mean, and something and like I'm not exaggerating. Some people just have that ability to act with their eyes and their face with their facial expression that not everybody can do. Yeah, and it's not just that. A lot of the scenes, he's you know he's got his hand on his head, and you know you can see the stress in his face, and he's. He's kicking his feet around. You know, you know, you want to hear a bunch of, you know, rocks kicking on the ground. But, yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, something a lot of these scenes are a little more visual because of Tupac. And, you know, Belushi, too. They're both just kind of sitting there making, you know, faces. <coughs> but, uh, <coughs> you know, I'll, I'll really quickly get to the next scene. But I do personally... And I, and I guess Anthony, too, think that Tupac was going the acting role. I think he would have... I think he definitely would have got more work. I think the music would have been something he was just doing kind of uh he might have put out an album every every now and then, but I think he would have been probably a great actor. So Oh yeah, oh. I, yeah, I have no doubt, you know, mm-hmm. just to piggyback off of what you said, I definitely think that uh music would have still been there, but we would have got definitely, you know, more acting roles, television roles. Yep. He who knows, he might have he might have popped up on an episode of NYPD Blue. I mean, I, I look at I look at it like this. I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a bold statement here. 
the same way Ice T ended up on uh with Law and Order SVU. Yeah. I think Tupac would have made that transition. He could have been on any fucking cop show. I mean, I mean, look at, I mean if Ice Cube could go the fam, fam the family movie route, I mean, think somebody. <laughs> I gotta mention this. I would. I'm, I'm gonna post the meme in the chat if I can find it. But somebody put up a picture of a side by side of Bill Cosby and Ice Cube in from the NWA days, and I and it says something along the lines of. If somebody had to ask you in like 1990 or 1991, which one of these two would go be in like family friendly movies and be like the you know the role model and who would who would be uh, on trial for rape? <laughs> which one, who would you think would wind up in which position? Oh shit! Yeah, you got I a think point that there. Was hilarious. God damn! I don't, poor Bill. Yeah. Oh, his pudding pop. God yeah, damn. I'm sorry. Yeah, obviously, you know, that's never going to go away. But I just had to bring it up because you never know what somebody's trajectory is going to be. Mm. But just because somebody kind of comes into uh, whether it's music or acting in a certain light, people evolve. Mm. People evolve. Definitely. And, you know, you brought up probably one of the best points right now is The Rock and Ice Cube. Ice Cube. And, and and iced tea. Yeah, I mean it, that's surreal. I mean, I you you brought it up a few times on the show, but man, that, it's so surreal. Even mm. even though he's been on the show now for over ten years, yeah. it's still surreal seeing the fuck the police guy as a cop. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. No, the cop killer was the name of the song, sir. Oh yeah yeah, cop killer yeah. Cop killer, fuck the police was Ice Cube. Yeah, cop yeah, yeah. killer. Cop killer was uh, was Ice T, yeah man, that was some crazy shit right there. But yeah, you know both of them still fucking doing great fucking movies, and yeah, who who would have ever expected? But yeah, Tupac man, definitely. And you know even B Meg says this is this was probably his best movie for him. He wasn't playing the usual. And I said it was a little weird to see, you know. Tupac playing a cop, but I would like to have seen him playing a cop a lot more, man. A lot more. Real quick, you know, uh, B Meg, you know, he brought up uh, it didn't seem like Tupac. I want you to see another movie, Uh, Gridlock. Same thing I'm telling you, Box. Watch that movie because that's a totally different role, even from this one. Not a cop in it, but Mm -hmm. trust me. I'll have to see it. Another good one. I'll have to check it out. Um, Real quick, I'm going to go ahead and play that scene. I think this is right where it starts. I don't know. Like I said, I've only seen the movie one time. So, bear with me here. Fucking dumb fuck. What a dumb fuck! Right, calm down. Calm down? Why do you calm fucking frisk him? Just you didn't search him? You didn't think the you fuck was right search him? Now. Just a calm down. You cop. hear me? You tell me, fuck me, calm up. Calm the fuck down. Calm the fuck down. Keep your fucking hands on Fuck, put your fucking hands on me. You understand me? You fucking understand me? Okay, he put a gun to his throat. I would calm down. Oh, no, about you. Gun to my throat. Okay, I'm calm. I'm calm. And and this is coming from a gun owner, folks, so he knows what he's talking about. (laughs) Calm. I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you, I put it to you like this. If you keep talking while somebody got a gun in your face, you clearly don't give a fuck at that point. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'll take it. I'll take a break now. Yeah, 
Okay. Let's get back in the car. Let's get back in the car. The air conditioner. Nice and cool. Uh, yeah, whatever you say. Whatever you say, bro. But yeah, this is where they start already trying to cover the... Uh, they're, they're trying to cover it up. Now, the good thing is they're on the case. Um, the bad thing is they've got other people on the case with them. Uh, so immediately what they start doing is trying to hunt down people to pin this on. Unfortunately, all the guys they try to pin this on have <laughs> have fucking alibis that pan out. Um, but, I mean, they... You know, they grab up how many? Three different guys before, uh, you know, and all of them, like I said, their alibis pan out. Uh, one of the guys is crazy, just looking at the fucking gun and telling them talking shit. But they all, like I said, they do have alibis. One night, Belushi, we had mentioned he, uh, um, we haven't mentioned yet, but he has a little relationship going on with uh, uh, Layla's character in this movie. Who yeah. is God damn it. What's her name in this movie? I keep forgetting here. Uh, Cynthia. Cynthia Webb. That's right. Uh, he has a relationship going on with her. And uh, he walks out of her house and he sees this drunk homeless guy who can barely remember you know, his name. Doesn't remember his name, actually. Uh, and he picks him up and they start pounding this story into his head while feeding him alcohol about how he he shot the uh, the guy because he was, you know, just scared, didn't realize what he was doing, but he shot him. And uh, they start beating into this guy's head. And again, the homeless guy is played by uh, uh, Dennis Quaid. And, you know, they're letting him hold the gun they're really putting the fix on this guy. Um, you know, but... <clears throat> which, again, Dennis Quaid... I, I don't, I didn't know it was him for a few minutes there until I started looking up the uh, IMDb on this movie. I did not know that was Dennis Quaid. Wow, so, so in other words, you're giving big shout-out to the uh, props department with the beard and the, the wild crazy hair? Even his voice... He, you know, had a real drunk kind of voice going on. But, uh, you know, I really, I didn't realize it was him. But, uh, you know, they do finally get him in for, you know, they, they finally bring him in. They pin the murder on him. But they need someone to pick him out of a lineup. And they go to Cynthia and say, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. We need you to help us out with this. And she goes to pick him out of the lineup, and she has a little issue because she knows him. You know what? I can play the lineup scene. Might be a little more here than I thought that I can play, but there's not going to be that much. Give me one second, and I'll get to it. Actually, you know what? I can get to him explaining it here. I'll just do it from right here. Look, does anybody think that, you know... Hey, 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 don't worry. No, right here. Bear with me, goddammit. You say it's him. Okay. And I ask you if it's sure. You say absolutely, no question. And this is all I have to do. We got a confession on him. You ID him, he's going straight to the camp. Okay, but this is it. I'm not doing anything more than this. It's a done deal. Quick complaint? Come on. All the way down. 
bringing them all okay. into the lineup. Here we go. Okay, Miss Will. Now take your time. Try to remember his face. I know him. If you can identify the man, no, I know him. Choose him for us. No, I fucking know him. What's the problem? Do you see him up there? You don't understand. Just put the asshole out. No talking. <clears throat> Number two. She was hesitant because she knows him. Uh, he was, he's the, like I said before, outside of her house. He's the homeless drunk that, uh, you know, she knows, makes sure, kind of, I'm not going to say takes care of him, but, you know, in the beginning, she makes sure he's, you know, not in the street, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, she's yeah. pissed. That she had to pick them out, and um, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. kind of like they really. Once again, it's one of those subplots where they don't really get into it. No need to really. Right. They're, they're not the best of friends, but it's almost like she knows that he's harmless. Right. Right. Yeah. Doesn't really know who he is, but um, definitely doesn't doesn't know him well, but knows him enough. Um, now, what they didn't expect is for this guy to get an attorney. Yeah, and this <laughs> that is would where, eventually figure out who he is. Right, right. This is where David Paymer comes in, playing the the attorney that just sort of s- finds the case and swoops in. Like I, you know, there's something weird about this, and this guy needs a defense. Uh, you know, he comes in. The guy's in the hospital, detoxing his ass off from. You know, he's a he's drinking, 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 but. This is where we start getting into a little more of the lies becoming bigger lies. That snowball slash ripple effect I was talking about. They, the gun they were using was a forty-four, And there's another trial that they're working on that these guys are involved in that has the, 40, the same gun. So... They actually have to replace that gun. Now, what they did, though, is they put the wrong gun back. Yep. <laughs> so, immediately the guy notices it's not his gun. The, Which the, was hilarious to the me. The defendant. For some oh my God, I wish. Actually, that's the next scene after this. First, they can't find the gun because the gun is missing. Um, actually, I forgot that part. Then they do put the gun back. Jim Belushi, uh, Belushi puts the gun back in order to cover. Now, I really got to say, Belushi here is the dirtier of the two. Tupac has a little bit of moral in this movie. He doesn't like this. You can see the whole time it's getting to him. Um, so what these guys do is they need another gun. So they go get a gun. They go buy it off of some street dude and they put the gun back um they finally go to trial again with the other case and this is where <laughs> this is where it starts going bad but you did want to play this now it's also you know the the, the the 
David Paymer, the attorney, is also in this point talking to um, talking to Dennis Quaid at this point, you know, starting to make a little headway because he's sobering up a little bit. But um, yeah, we do need to play the part where he finds it, where he knows it's not his gun. Give me one sec here. I'm almost at that part. Matter of fact, here we go. Could you remind the court as to what you do, please? Sure. I'm a lab technician for the police department. One of my duties is to examine weapons used in violent crimes. I tested the defendant's revolver and matched the bullets fired to the bullets removed from the body of the deceased. That ain't my gun. I must remind the defendant that he is not that to speak out. Order in the court. Hey! That ain't my fucking gun! Oh, shit. Obviously, they didn't expect the guy to realize, that's not my gun. That's not my fucking gun. Yes, and uh, we should point out, folks, <laughs> this is only a movie, please. <laughs> you shouldn't hit a cop at all, but especially when you're in a court of law. <laughs> oh, he dropped that fucking bailiff, dude. <laughs> he dropped, yeah. Dropped it. Now, they do go back to try to replace the guns, but the captain has ordered no one unless they have paperwork to go into the evidence locker. So nothing they can do. They're pretty much screwed at this point. Now let me ask you something. Mm -hmm. Now, now and this is kind of like going back to that scene where I had a Gary Cole character, I think his name was Richard Sims, something like that. Kind of like, you know, he's pissed off, you know, you know the guy that, that, they, that they wound up killing was a friend of his. So, so that's why he had a hard-on for the case. Mm -hmm. Now... Clearly, he kind of—you could tell—he kind of suspected something. When would you say he kind of like was tipped off that it was them? Like when he got the feeling they was involved somehow? Because at least for me, for, it seemed like almost from the beginning, like he kind of like felt something was fishy. I think he did from the beginning. That—that—that's that, pretty much where you sort of got the oh, uh oh, he sort of knows they're dirty, but doesn't want to admit it. You know. Kind of. Yeah, but, yeah because, uh, I mean, because you could tell, like, even before he kind of got into, like, you know, he knew the guy that, that they, they killed mm -hmm. and got into the whole thing. He so, you know, he was on, he he, he kept saying, like, he, he was, uh, we kept all of these leads on a drug deal, but, but they kept dying. Then he got a lead on a girl. So it's almost like he kind of knew, like, they had, like, a trail. They had a track record going. He knew something. And, like, and apparently that guy was about to crack the case. Yeah, and you know, when leads keep going cold, you know something's wrong. Someone's pushing buttons where they shouldn't be. So, obviously he was thinking that in the beginning. That's kind of what they were hinting at. But, um, you know, again, we said Tupac's character in this movie sort of has some morals. Definitely. Everything is getting to him. And I guess this, I guess this is one scene I can play with. They're in the bar. Shit's getting worse and worse for him. So, here we go. Look, nobody can connect us to the evidence thing. We're clean there. The most important one is the DEA mess anyway. Once that's finished, we're completely in the clear. No, we can't do this anymore, Frank. Yeah, I guess. No, no fucking I guess. That's it. 
Good while it lasted, though, huh? Hundred grand a piece for a few nights' work? It's not bad. You know, Frank, I think maybe what we did wasn't right. I mean, come on, man. Think about it. Look, we took out a few scumbags, that's it, right? Nobody's ever gonna miss those shitheads anyway. They were all pieces of garbage. Not one of them had a sheet less than a mile long. Drugs, extortion, <laughs> assault. They're all fucking guilty as hell and still on the street, and you know that. I'll accept the cop. Accept the cop. <laughs> that's just part of the job. Hey, it could've just as easily happened to you or me. But that's just fucking it. We all fucking cops. We fucked up, man. We fucked up once. Once out of ten. Come on, that's not bad. All right, I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry. The guy was in the wrong place at the wrong fucking time. What do you want me to say? I'm not going down for it. I know. I mean, all I want in life is a goddamn fishing boat, a couple of drinks, a beach, and some Hawaiian fucking music. That's how much you ask for 20 years of putting murdering assholes behind bars, is it? It's just not fair. That's all I'm saying. All right. Actually, that's that. That actually is an important part because it kind of shows right there. Tupac's character in this movie is really yeah, everything gets to him, and you know, even when he says, "You know, we got to stop doing this," right? Belushi's character goes, "Yeah, I guess we do." And he's like, motherfucker, we killed a DEA agent. No, no fucking more. Yeah. You know, it's like, what? What, what are you doing? <clears throat> you know, but, uh, you know, it, it, it definitely shows, you know, who's more in on this. And obviously, Belushi's character is like all in on this. You know, this is his little vigilante thing and all that. But, um,. In the first case, not the DEA agent case, the first case we do need to mention because it's very important, the guy does get off. The guy that knows it's not his gun, lack of evidence does get him freed. Yeah. So and, uh, yeah, don't forget about him, folks, because he's going to play a play a role later on as we kind of right. go through this review. Do not forget he is a free man, and obviously, yeah, the the cops do know that. So, you know, it goes into there and, you know, again, just they had to literally almost sacrifice one for another, <clears throat> you know. But uh, and of course, not only is Tupac getting a little antsy, but Cynthia in this movie is getting a little antsy, too. Not sure exactly what the fuck is going on, what to do, but she's getting nervous because... She really did not want to, you know, go against this guy she knew, the, you know, Dennis Quaid, Joe Doe, as they're calling him right now. She gets called by the DA to actually testify as a witness, though. Yeah. 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 This is where she starts getting really fucking nervous. Um, DA gets a hold of her. And in just a minute, though, we're going to get to the part where... Uh, we get to give me a second. We're gonna get to where James Earl Jones finally walks in. Before that, though, sh uh, Cynthia gets a call from the DA's office to come in. He they said they're gonna be at her house at two o'clock. 
she packs up and takes the fuck off. Um, and give me one sec here. We do see James Earl Jones here, and he goes into someone's house, very big house, rich man, shows him a newspaper clip, and then he points to something, and that's when you realize, oh, James Earl Jones is going to do something in this movie. So finally you do see him one minute. And, uh, you know, by the way, we do need to mention this part, too, where Belushi walks into Cynthia's apartment after she leaves. And you know, he's freaking out a little bit because, you know, he's coaching her on what to say to put this guy away so they can get away with what they did. You know, killing the DEA agent. Yeah. And uh, when he walks out, the DA is there. The assistant DA or one of her minions or whatever is there. And, uh, you know, he, he basically, he's like, oh, shit. Basically, he's caught because they're not supposed to be, have a relationship at all. He's not supposed to know her one bit, actually. Um, here we go. You can hear nervousness in his voice. Yeah. Go over the details, you know? Oh, here, hold on. Me too. Yeah. I'll back up a bit, make it easier. Sure, sure. DA's always, yeah, sorry about that. I didn't expect this. What the hell are you doing here? I got to talk with Cynthia Webb. She's yeah. a witness in... Oh, wait. Wait, aren't you and uh, Rodriguez working this one? Yeah, yeah, we're on this case. Yeah, that's why I'm here. Got to go over the details, you know? Yeah, me too. Yeah. she in? No. Where the hell she is? I'm supposed to meet her at 2. You know her? What do you mean? Well, I just mean... Uh... What? what? <laughs> She's not in... Uh... Oh, 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 the legal sedan. Yeah. yeah, look, well, look, she's a witness in a murder case, all right? Mm-hmm. You know, they don't answer a knock, and a door is open. It's been my experience. You know, I just want to make sure there are no dead bodies laying around. That's all, sure. Don't tell on me. No, no, of course not. Great, man. Good to see you. I think I'll wait. She might be stuck in traffic or something. You know, look, if she does show up, you let me know, all right? Because I need to talk to her. Of course. All right. I'll see you in court. Right. There you go. So, uh, you know, like we were saying, one little lie becomes a big lie, which is becoming an even bigger lie. Um, And this is where the the other part that you wanted me to play, here's James Earl Jones. Elliot Goff? Yeah, well, Arthur Baylor? Yes. Sorry. God. Baylor. Oh. Would you like... Um, are you here to see me? Yes. Just found out who Joe Doe really is. His name is William. I forget his last name, but he's actually a a, a, a very successful doctor from a very wealthy family. William uh, McCall. There you go. 
There you go. I had already shut down that IMDb, so there you go. But um, they do find out who he is. And, you know, this is also where we get to meet Jim Belushi's friend slash bail bonds friend. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to call him, really. Uh, Manny. And, uh, you know, he, he does favors for Belushi when he needs to keep him quiet. So that's what he's doing right now. He's trying to find Cynthia for him. And he does. He does. Um, when he does, I mean, we can go through that a little bit here. When he does finally find Cynthia, he sort of realizes something's going wrong because these guys, both Belushi and Tupac, realize there's only one thing tying them. You know what? We'll play this little conversation they have here. Here. Oh, he's not a fucking doctor. Wait a minute. I did want to play this where they find out who 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 the guy is. Because they find out he's not only just a just a little doctor. They find out he's like super doctor. William McCall shunned the business world and turned his life to medicine, receiving his medical degree from Harvard in 1969. Once again he turned his back on the established norm and spent several years in Africa performing organ transplants for the poor. This is who you picked. This is who you fucking picked. You picked a surgeon who performs transplants on the poor in Africa. He was living on the fucking streets. How the hell I was supposed to know he was a goddamn doctor? Oh, he's not a fucking doctor. You picked a saint to pin a murder on. God. <laughs> we pick him, we sure do pick him, don't we? Why don't you get the Pope and pin the fucking murder on him? Yeah. <laughs> Disappeared seven years ago on September 19, two weeks after the tragic death of his wife and two young children in a multiple vehicle accident. At the same time, it was assumed that he had returned to Africa, but that was never confirmed. What William McCall has been doing for seven years is now the mystery that the court will try to help unravel. Shit. There you go. They realize... The guy they picked might be a little tougher of a get than they thought. Uh, obviously. So, you know, real once again, real uh, the the this case is becoming just a huge mess for these guys. Every time they turn a corner or try to cut a corner, they they get cut themselves. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, he goes back, tries to find this, uh, goes to Manny, try to find Cynthia. He does end up finding her, but doesn't call who he's supposed to. Uh, actually ends up calling the DA. And she um, does end up getting on the stand. But now, by the way, they are trying to kill her. They do think she's the last tie to their case, and there's only one way this case can fall apart, and that's if Cynthia actually tells the truth. So, you know, they do, you know, she does get up there and tell the story that they want, but she sort of gets caught in a lie. Yeah. I guess we could do that, couldn't we? Give me one sec here. 
I'll get to right where she walks in. Here we go. Cynthia Webb to the stand. The court calls Cynthia Webb. Raise your right hand. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you, God? Sure. I know her. She's the woman who identified you. No, no, I mean, I know, I know her. Oh, I don't know. I think I live near her. Could you please state your name for the court? Cynthia Webb. Do you recognize a man that you identified in a police lineup? Yes. Is he anywhere in this courtroom? Yes. Is it the defendant, Mr. McCall? Yes. Could you please describe for us what you saw on the night of June 14th? Um, I was coming out of this all-night mini-mart. A lot of this is quiet talk. I'll get to what well, once James Earl Jones starts talking, that's where it gets really a little bit better. Um, she starts telling the story these guys have been feeding her that she saw him, you know, take do the shots running with a gun in his hand, saw the car accident. But um, once James Earl Jones gets up there, he starts doing some uh. Some fast talking, if you will. And uh, trips her up a little bit. We'll hear that now. Yes. Miss Webb, had you ever seen the defendant before that night that you described to us? No. Do you know what perjury is? When you lie. When you lie under oath in a court of law. Do you know what the penalty for that is? You go to jail. Yes. Cynthia. Did you ever see the defendant before that night? Objection. The witness has already answered that question, Your Honor. Sustained. I'm just trying to give the witness the opportunity to remember if she ever saw Mr. McCall any other time before the night in question. Miss Webb, do you understand the consequences of perjury? Yes. Let's get on with it, then. What did you buy when you went into the mini-mart? What did I buy? You remembered seeing Mr. McCall, you remembered a gunshot and a car crash. I just wondered if you remembered what you bought in the Minimart. You know, I got to tell you, James Earl Jones, I want to answer these questions when he talks. Yeah. I do. I'm like, um, um, what, what Minimart? Where did I go? What are you talking about? Oh, my God. <laughs> he just, he has that. And I'll, I'll I'll tie it to wrestling for him and Paul Heyman would do the best promos together. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, cause let's be honest, like part of like being a good lawyer yeah. is you have to really pay attention and be a good like listener and be able to break down what people say. Dude, dude. this actually ties into um that argument from a white man can't jump from a couple weeks ago. <laughs> the difference between hearing and listening. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, dude, lawyers basically cut promos. Yeah. I mean, opening <laughs> statement, closing statement, they're fucking promos. Yes. So basically, would you say this was like the way he broke her down, it was the equivalent of a burial? 
Oh, they use he, another wrestling term. He oh, dude. dude, this is Triple H and Sami Zayn. I mean, <laughs> totally, totally. Like, like, like he was smooth, and he had his like within a two within a span of two minutes, he had a stutter and uh uh the the the. Oh yeah, oh yeah. This is Cena, Zack Ryder, fucking. You know, this is horrible. This is just break out the shovel here. But here, we'll go back to it. But again, you know, James Earl Jones just commands presence, dude. Commands it. But here you go. Shampoo, I think. That's all? Yeah. Where do you live? 4356 17th Street, number four. Is that close to where this mini-mart is? Close. Sort of. How far would you say? I don't really know. Is it walking distance? No, not really. Did you walk there the night or drive? I drove. You drove? But when you left the Minimart, you stated that you walked along the street. Yes. How far? To the corner. Objection, Your Honor. I don't see the point to this line of reasoning. Is there a point? Yes, Your Honor. Since this is the only witness, I'm just trying to establish what the scene was like there that night. Try to get there as quickly as possible. Thank you, sir. How far from the corner was this mini-mart? I mean, was it in the middle of the block, close to the corner? In the middle, I think. So you walked all the way to the corner. I assume you were going back to your car. Yes. Any reason you parked so far away? There were a lot of cars on the street that night. Any other people on the street that night? No. Lots of cars, no people. Any traffic? I don't really remember. So you were the only take a quick little pause there and go. You can see he's he's starting to trip her up a little bit. He's asking her <clears throat> very simple questions while also asking her little tricky questions. Just sort of, you know, get her to agree while also trying to make her a little confused at the same time. Um this is a standard lawyer trick. So here you go. I just wanted to pause, break it up a little bit. There you go. Street that night. I didn't see anybody else. You heard a gunshot. You heard a car crash. You saw Joe running past with a gun in his hand. What'd you do then? Call the police, 911? I went home. You went home? Straight home? Yes. So you're sure it was Joe you saw that night? When you went home? Yes. When you went home, you saw Joe? No. Objection, Your Honor. The defense is deliberately trying to confuse the witness. I'm not trying to confuse the witness. The witness is trying to confuse this court. And I have witnesses who will refute her testimony, witnesses who were on the corner the night of the shooting, who never saw Miss Webb, who never heard a gunshot, who never saw Joe running past. Now, Miss Webb saw Joe outside of her apartment building that night because he lives in the alley next door. Now, isn't that true, Miss Webb? Objection! When I referred to the defendant as Joe, you knew exactly who I was talking about, didn't you? And this trial is the people versus William McCall, not Joe. The name Joe has never been mentioned in this trial. So how did you know who I was talking about? Miss Webb, how do you know the defendant as Joe?
He lived in the alley next to my apartment. Boom! Gotcha, bitch. All right, he got her. Uh, again, just kind of went with her story and asked her questions <clears throat> and caught her. Um, but she refuses to tell why she is lying um, and does actually end up in jail for contempt. You know, for not telling, for not answering the question. Um because she knew, like, I guess it was one of those things where I guess she felt like she was safer in jail. Mm -hmm. She knew she kept talking. Because you saw, like, uh, Jim Belushi especially was looking very intently. Because he, it's like, even even with Tupac, you could tell he just, he was one of those guys that had, like, a baseline distrust of anybody. Right. Because it's like when, you, when, you, when you're doing wrong, you tend to not see the best in other people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you just assume, inherently assume they're going to screw you over. Yeah, yeah, and, and obviously Tupac and Jim Belushi are both in the courtroom listening to this, and, you know, Belushi's shaking his head. Tupac's not shaking his head. He's holding his head sh and shaking his head like, motherfucker. Yeah, because um, I think he was more coming from the place of, Lord, just get me through this shit, and I promise I won't fuck up no more. Yeah, exactly. I think, that, yeah, I think that's where he was coming from with it. Exactly, to be honest, you know what he was thinking. He was he was going to IA, Internal Affairs. But um, this is where they go ask Manny, the bail bondsman, for one more favor, and that is to get Cynthia out of jail. Uh, again, they are trying to kill her. This is where he goes, and uh, he does get her out of jail. For him, um, but little twist: Manny doesn't trust fucking Belushi either in this movie. Uh, but you know, another part though, we do need to get. This is probably right after this, while they're going to try to find Cynthia. We do need to definitely get to this part. Um, you know, she starts talking to Manny and she's like, look, why did you bail me out? Who bailed me out? What's going on? He doesn't tell her, but she knows she's in trouble. She has a feeling she is. And she's right. Um, Tupac and Belushi are riding together. Tupac starts acts as he, he, he's, he's talking a little too much. You know what? I'll, I'll play these last few scenes. And I'll kind of break it up because um, it's really all kind of important to the movie. So uh, I might be a little bit ahead here, but I'll. It's the last time, Frank. It's the last time we kill somebody. Yeah. It's the last time. I mean, 11 is enough, 11 dead bodies is enough. I get the picture. Damn, man. Why'd you have to go and kill HUD? What's going on here? Huh? Okay, Belushi already. You can see he's thinking something's wrong. He's mentioning names, numbers. Something's not right here. 
he's already got the little itch. Something's going on, um, and I'll keep playing it. This this is probably a little, probably one of the longest parts we're ever going to play, but it's a really good part in the movie, and it explains a lot. Or something. Why do we have to start killing people, man? None of this shit would have never happened if you hadn't started killing people. Look, drug dealers don't qualify as people. Never did, never will. Now, what the hell is wrong with you? What's the matter? Are you suddenly worried about where all the money went? Is that it? I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of it all. That's all. I'm all right. Now, real quick, I'm going to pause here. <clears throat> they start driving a little bit. Belushi pulls into an alley. And I got to be honest. This part had me nervous. <laughs> you know. Not alone. I felt the same when I first saw it. Plus, the, the like, I, always, I bring this up periodically on the show, but the fucking music. Mm. That was a tell for me. I'm like, oh, this is not going to end well. The, that, that was one of the best parts. The music was a tell. But you know, I'm 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 gonna wait till the till till I play the scene. But uh, I do want to go ahead and mention that I I definitely made was nervous during this scene. Now he's Belushi says I need some air. Uh, he's sort of walking around and thinking, 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 and you know, Tupac finally jumps out of the car, and uh, here we go. Start talking already, motherfuckers. Come on, man. There we go. <laughs> Just talk to me, huh? Just fucking talk to me. I don't know. Look. I owe some people some money. I don't know how I'm gonna pay him back. I got problems. Gambling. Yeah. Yeah. No, Frank. Why can't we just forget this shit? Why can't we just get the fuck out of here? Maybe leave the country or something. Take off your fucking shirt. What are you talking about? Just take off your shirt now. If there's nothing to worry about, then I'll apologize. But I'm not gonna argue. Now take off your fucking shirt. Now! I can't believe this shit. After all we've been through, you don't trust me? After all this shit you got me into, you don't trust me? Take off your shirt. Are you shooting? Is 
that what you do, Frank? Kill me? Me too? And shoot. I'm gonna ask you one more motherfucking time. I'll take off the goddamn shirt. Take off! Tupac's literally leaning into the gun, and he can't do it. Belushi cannot do it. But um, real quick, just wanted to pause there and let you know that, what's going on. Now, here we go. Can't fucking believe you. Can't believe you. <sighs> Shit! I'm sorry, man. You're right, man. Happened with the fuck, man? I'm just... I'm fucking nervous, man, like you. Come on, forget it, all right? It's this fucking thing, man. I'm telling you, it's this fucking thing. I can't believe you did that, bro. Really, man? Well, let's just do it. Let's just get it over with. <laughs> Sorry, man. All right, they jump back in the car. I do want to kind of go from here. They jump back in the car. Belushi's apologizing, but keep listening. You know, I'm going to feel a whole lot better once she's dead. Then we're off the hook. rest of this <clears throat> I have to admit I did not think Tupac was making it out of this fucking alley alive but and I'll say this this is one of the parts where the twist enhances the movie because they they had to get back to where the, you know, the bookie came back. So if Tupac by bit it here, it really would have cut out a lot of fucking plots of the movie. You know what I mean? So good on them for actually extending it, and not just killing them off right here, which they could have done. They really could have, but they yeah. didn't. But I, I honestly, it's almost like. <laughs> I think I think for some reason probably that 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 in that moment he knew either way he was dying that night for some reason. It was almost like he felt something was going on and you know he 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 does go home um you know and throws the Tupac he goes home he gets upset at himself throws tape against the wall but also doesn't realize that the bookie and uh 
tiny Zeus Lister are there, and they do kill him. And of course, they think Belushi did it because they kind of had Belushi under investigation. Under investigation, anyway. Um, you know, after that, Belushi disappears, sort of. And, uh, you know, they get everybody. They get everybody in this fucking, in the end of this movie. They get Cynthia, who actually ends up having to tell the truth after she finds out that they were trying to kill her, which she thought anyway. Um, James Earl Jones actually starts, you know, helping her after he realizes why she was lying, you know, to save her ass from the cops. Uh, so she does go in. Um, the other case that they were working on with Joe Doe, that gets solved, and he gets off. But they jump to four months later. And, um, you know, you don't know what's going on at that point. But four months later, so Tupac's dead. Belushi ends up going in and uh he's in Cynthia's apartment again it's 4 months later yeah and uh you know he asks her for money and a little bit more and loyalty so you know i can probably get to that part right here where he asks what do you want here we go what do you want what do i want you're asking me what I want? Are you going to grant me three wishes? Let's see. I don't know what to ask for. Money would be nice. Mm. Love would be better. But a little fucking loyalty. Can never get enough of that. We'll start with money. Brings her in the room, gets her money. He does put a pillow over her, shoots her in the chest, and he leaves there. Belushi does. Goes to see Manny one more time. And, you know, Manny says, get me a car and uh, offers Manny some stuff. But he says, you know, get me a car and uh, basically I'll kill you if shit goes wrong. He does get Belushi a car and uh, walks him out there, puts him in the car. Belushi's driving the fuck away. And let's jump back real quick to the guy from the first case who said this motherfucker set me up he ends up being the driver and blows Belushi away and is laughing about it the whole time um fucking so, A <laughs> fucking A here you know what fuck it here here fuck it hold on one second here I'm gonna go back to right where he leaves and he's in the car we'll play the last fucking scene who cares hold on a second Go south. Get on the interstate. Don't break the speed limit. <laughs> you know, that's the thing about life. You could never, ever lose your sense of humor. 
that or you got nothing. Fucking ass. <laughs> There you go. Belushi is dead. Um, then they go to a scene at a hospital, and they're carrying, they're wheeling Cynthia in in a, uh, a gurney in the hospital, and she opens her eyes. She actually does, you know, they insinuate that she does live, and the hot the <clears throat> surgeon in the hospital is Joe Doe or William, what's his name? William McCall. William McCall. And, uh, you know, so everything turns out good. The two dirty cops do end up dying in this movie. But I'll tell you what, man. This was, like I said, I, I, I'm i not sure how this movie for me slipped through the cracks. But I'm glad you fucking made me watch it, man. I really enjoyed the movie. Tupac, man, every time I watch him in a movie, I wish to fucking God... We got more of Tupac. More, more, more of Tupac, man. Maybe it's because I'm getting older, man, but I, I, I miss that man every day, man. <laughs> this, I mean, like I said, man, I mean, he, he was just, he, I mean, he was a great fucking actor, man. I mean, a great yeah, actor. Some, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I, like I said, maybe at the time when these, a lot of these movies came out, you didn't really think about it because, like I said, he was still young in his career, young in life. Right. But when you look back on him, it's like, and like you said, you, you look at the potential of what could have been. It makes you wonder, like, if he was this good at 22, 23, 24, how much better would he have gotten five years down the line, 10 years down the line? I Absolutely. Mean, yeah. Yeah, he definitely would have. And this movie, um, you know, obviously Tupac was in the uh, soundtrack. He, the movie was dedicated to him. A um, movie did not do that well in theaters. Actually, made about almost two and a half million in the theaters. Uh, did ended up earning about five million, almost six million total. Didn't do that well. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has it at fifty six percent. But to be honest with you, Rotten Tomatoes is a bunch of fucking people who hate any mainstream movie. So. I don't, I, to me, I don't really listen to Rotten Tomatoes v reviews or ratings. I go by what I like. Um, but yeah, definitely glad you got me to watch this movie, man. Yeah, man. I, I, for some reason, I say yeah. Box like this movie. It, I don't think it'll be a hard sell, and I and I figured like once you got into it, like the first five to ten minutes, I said yeah, he'll be hooked. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was all it took was the dirty cops. I'm always down to see what happens from that. But yeah, this was a, a, a great movie. You know, I like Belushi. Tupac, like I said, I wish we got more of him, but he is really good in every movie. I mean, we've already done Juice. We did a whole episode dedicated to Tupac. So, you know, definitely was, you know, influential in music and I think he might have been the same thing in movies if he had kept going. He could have been an influential person in that, too. Who knows what would have happened. But, uh, you know, Tupac was a very outspoken person, always had a lot to say. So, you know, who knows if if he had, you know, lived what 
what would have become of him, but I think he probably would have been a very mainstream actor by now. Yeah, I mean, B-Max said it. He, he said best in the chat earlier. You know, he brought up a good point. Get your opinion on it. Does it say, What does it say about Tupac's popularity that he was the first person that they made a hologramic image of? I mean, I mean, that speaks. I mean, think about it. They could have did anybody. I mean, all the people in history. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr., they could, Malcolm X, uh, JFK. Yeah. And, and maybe even maybe Nixon. And that might be pushing it. Yeah. Reagan. Uh, Reagan. Yeah. But tell, he... Of all the people they could have did that for, mm-hmm. they do it for Tupac. So that says something. And people lost their fucking mind. You know what? I've seen that. That was at Coachella. What? Yeah, six years ago, seven years ago, maybe. I don't think it was that. It might have been like three or four. I don't think it was, was that it, long ago. Was that early? Anyway, yeah, I did see that video, and it was amazing. I believe it was Snoop up there with him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look but I mean, it was like it was like it was it was surreal. It was. <laughs> I mean, whoever whoever came up with that was a fucking genius. Absolutely, genius and a half. And you know, the crowd lost their fucking mind. The internet lost their fucking mind. You know, and that was, you know, still the kind of early inception of the internet where it was, you know, popping like that. But yeah, I mean, it says a lot. It says a lot for that man that, you know, that, that yeah, that was the first time we saw the hologram of someone on stage. Um, you know, I mean, we've got a few, you know, duets with, uh, you know, uh, people who didn't exist. We've got the, uh, you know, Natalie, uh, Natalie Cole did some, ended up doing a duet with her dad, you know, once technology brought it in. But, um, yeah, this was just, um, I, I remember seeing that and thinking, holy shit, I'm, you know, I'm not the biggest hip hop guy, but that was fucking amazing to see, man. It was amazing to see. So, but yeah, this film, I recommend it. I'd say hell yeah, and uh, I don't know, man. We we already kind of knocked out all the trivia, so uh, I guess we can wrap it up, man. What else you got for this film? Uh, I would just say to anybody, go see it. I mean, it's very underrated. Like I said, I'm, I'm not gonna go as far. I'm not gonna go as far as to say it's another. It's a top ten or a top five all time, but it's one of those movies that it flies by. It's a easy to follow plot, and once you get into it, like literally, it, they grab you. It's not. Right. It's not a dull moment in a movie, right? Right. It's right. always something happening. Even when there's nothing happening, there's something happening. Right. There's a lot of moving parts to keep you interested in a movie. Yeah. Now, real quick, we did choose to do this movie on the heels of the All Eyes on Me Tupac biopic coming out. <clears throat> yeah. Um, actually, Yuck Nasty was in the chat a little while ago. Said he was going to see it tomorrow. Um. So, I don't know, man. Have you heard anything good, bad, indifferent? What have you heard so far about it? I've heard a lot. Uh, actually, a uh, member of the THC page, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Wolf, Brian Wolf, Wolfinger, you know that guy. Yep. yep. He, he's a big-time Tupac fan, and he basically said he walked out. <laughs> oh, shit. So, I've heard some, I, I've heard a lot of, I've heard a lot of uh, opinions so I can't wait to see it because, you know, at the end of the day, you have to see things for yourself mm-hmm. and to kind of get your feel for it. And that's definitely going to be on the uh, dockets. But he walked down on it. I've heard uh, 50, 50 and uh, Jada Pinkett Smith are very critical of it. Really? Yes. Uh, 50 called it trash. And he actually 
<laughs> he basically encouraged people to not spend a dime on it. But if you have the fire stick, watch it that way. <laughs> really? Yep. And Jada, I mean, obviously she grew up with Pac. She had a relationship with the man. Uh, friendship, I should say. And uh, she basically said that there were a lot of inaccuracies in terms of how that relationship was portrayed in the movie. I mean, she did, uh, and I will, uh, to be fair, she didn't criticize the performances. Right. She said they did the best that they could with the material that they were given. And she actually praised the performances. She just saying the actual material. And, I mean, and basically the feel I'm getting for it is it's almost like a Cliff Notes type of version. Right. Of, of Tupac. It's almost like somebody just went on Wikipedia and just summarized his life as opposed to, it wasn't like a thorough, if you, from what I've been reading, mm-hmm. if you don't go into it expecting to learn anything new or to get like a, honest assessment of what Tupac was. Right. And another interesting thing that I heard, I don't know if you saw Notorious, you remember Notorious, we reviewed that a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. or a couple months ago, I should say, at this point. They basically said Tupac's portrayal, the, the guy they had playing Tupac in that movie, it seemed like they did more service to Tupac in that movie than they did to Biggie in this one. Oh, shit. Like, he doesn't even have too much of a, apparently he doesn't have too much of a speaking role. It was just weird. So I've been hearing like a lot. I've heard mainly negative and very few positive. So it's going to be an interesting movie to review. All right. Well, I guess we'll have to fucking see, man. So I. I yeah, but yeah, it's normally not a good look when somebody that's a lifelong Tupac fan says, "Fuck, they just walked out." Yeah, it doesn't sound. That, 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 that's not giving me hope. This doesn't sound very good. Might uh, we'll have to see what's going on with this one, but. Um, all right, well, there you go. That's why we did this movie, was on the heels of that coming out. So on that note, you guys can check us out next week. We'll probably be back next Friday night, 1130, uh, 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time, right here, Mixer.com slash THD Podcast. And don't forget to check out me and Shaheen Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, right here, Mixer.com slash THD Podcast. And you know what, Yuck Nasty, since you, uh, I appreciate you coming in, man. Get in the corner. Get in duh corner is his show. Check that out. I believe he's on Wednesday nights at uh, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. So, you know, you can check him out, too. He's on iTunes. So, you know, check out his show. But uh, there you go. Anthony, appreciate you hanging out, man. What a fucking movie. I loved it. Thanks for making me watch it. And uh, there you go, man. On that note, what do you think? Wrap this motherfucker up. And yes. as usual, you know how we do this, motherfucker. I'll go home and get your fucking shine box. Oh, lady, y'all. Peace. But still a victim of the 12 days.